If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Greetings, people. My name is... Oh, my God. This is the worst (laughs) intro. Okay. Before we get started, Cinderin has annoyed the shit out of me before we even started. You're the only one in the world that would not redo that take. I am not redoing it. We're continuing. I like doing things live. I want to show that I can turn any garbage situation like this currently that we're in into a good one. But this is episode 74. Search engine discovering words as you went along. Greetings. People. <laughs> Greetings, people. I I think it's because I do the same intro every week and then I switched it up and it it destroyed me. Anyway, this is episode 74 of We Say Things, sponsored by ExpressVPN. Thank you, friends. We'll be talking about them as usual uh, a little bit later. Cinderin, thanks for being late again. I appreciate it. I was on time. Okay, that's true. You were on time, but then... We started late because of your uh, in part because of me and in part because of you. Ninety nine percent you. You that is not that's just flat out not true. Okay, well, we'll see what the the people think that I referred to when I did the, the intro. People. Hello, people. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings, people. It's like an alien visiting. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get started with our patron shoutouts. Everybody in the in Bruges tier. Uh, I'll start the first half. Thank you to an. Oh God, I should have had you do this one again. An anemone, anemone, in anonymity is an enemy and an anomaly. I still don't remember the first word meant. Uh, Fab Daddy, the Mega Pope. I can't actually afford this Papega card. The 17-time NBA champions. I should have deleted that. Uh, I did not read the names beforehand. I was not going to mention the Lakers, but here we are. Uh, It could be referring to the Boston Celtics, actually. That's what I'm going to look at. TI in New Zealand, Zan Xavier, Suns fan Pudge, Omega Lol, on behalf of Ben Hamming, Nate Thicko, 01 Hamscroats, concurs with Ben Broodhead's suggestion of bringing the Bens together to lead... Bacon, no, not that bacon, the other bacon. Jimmy Butler investing his time to master the art of redirecting blood flow to his right ball sack. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, honestly. I know Cinder doesn't even know who Jimmy Butler is. Lick, Shark TM, and Hoey988. Thank you. All right, I'll do the second half, which is, I don't know if it's less or more weird. Probably less overall than the one you just had. All right, so we've got That's freshly seasoned goat balls. Change will happen. Comrade Dimitri Valdisov, the Ben Jackson and Ben Broomhead Alliance, Novi Panda, Dop, Sex is Cool, but have you ever tried Pyeshivo Choshinkove? I didn't look that up. Hopefully it's not offensive. Probably not. If not, uh, if it is, I'm sure uh, ExpressVPN are on board. (laughs) Fame, 
underscore. Ben Broomhead's getting tired of all of this Ben versus Ben violence and thinks the Ben should band together to lead the patrons united. Pitch Black, Wooden Aftertaste, Done Talk, Dyslexic Lawyer, Anonymous, and Ronnie Keel. Is it just me or has this list been growing a bit lately? I feel like we're starting to get a really big lot of names in here, which is awesome. That's good news. Yeah, it's doing uh, great. We like appreciate the support. Long. Thank you guys very much for uh, for your inbrush tier support. And yes. if you want to support, dear listener or viewer or however you get, yeah, there's no other options. Uh, check out patreon.com slash we say things where you can see the incentives and you can chip in as little as I believe it's $2 a month to contribute a bit to the show if you would like. That's right. Yep. Uh, first thing I want to talk about, Cinderin, is timestamps for YouTube. Oh, a lot of people probably watched the last episode of me complaining about timestamps not working, and then it worked. Uh, thank you to, I believe it was Velasti in my Discord for instructing me how to fix it. It was a very easy fix that YouTube themselves Entirely could not figure out. Entirely unsurprising that it was easy and you didn't do it. For weeks. Well, okay. So the, the issue was that I had the time of the podcast, which was 10 colon 30 CET or whatever it is, right? So the colon, for whatever reason, just throws off all the timestamp stuff from working. But the issue is I had gone back in a previous episode and deleted everything except the timestamps, and it did not work. But I think it was because of a caching issue. So I just assumed it was not any of that stuff. So I think, again, YouTube did not know the problem to their own issue. Uh, but it's fixed. So thank you very much. I should have complained nice. weeks ago. So I think from now yep. on, whenever I'm... Want to complain about something, Cinderin? I'm going to do it right away and not wait any longer. Okay, hope that's okay with you. That's uh, a that's a great that's a great like attitude to have. If there's anything you dislike, you just complain about it loud and clear, and people will fix it for you. That's right. That's, that's exactly good. how the world works. Make sure you do that out in public too. Uh, first thing, a Suns fan recommends. This is going to be a, a different one. Uh, I got an email from a young man named. Hopefully I'm saying everything correctly. Eli Braver, he wrote this to me. Your endless NBA rants to a confused Cinderin, as well as your love of the Suns in particular, were huge inspirations for a video project I made for class. Your podcast is the only reason why I know anything about basketball, so thank you. And then he ends up linking me, which if you're watching live, you won't understand this, but I will be putting the YouTube link in the comments. I highly recommend you guys watch it. I thought it was hilarious. It's like a quick little five-minute fake documentary that's i don't want to spoil it but i personally found it hilarious uh cinder did you watch it's really it? well made yeah for a project like that i thought it was good too yeah so thank you for it felt really good to read it's funny to i did not think i mean obviously a lot of people complain about me talking about the nba cinder but to mm-hmm. have so many people reach out and say that it's really cool for you to talk about something that they may not care about but you're so passionate about it, it makes it more interesting which you know, that's that's really cool. So thank yeah. you. I, I wish I was passionate talking. about anything, but that stopped 10 years you are, ago. You're a robot. We understand that, yeah. but that's why we love you. Yeah. I mean, I'm just there. I mean, that's not untrue. Um, but yeah, we're not talking about the Lakers. So first thing first, Cinderin, Dota 2, TI 10. Has, <clears throat> yes. And the battle pass has ended. We are at 40 million. We barely made it to 40 million. Many people thought that it was not going to happen. Myself included. Actually, I can't even remember what I predicted, but... I think you predicted 37 or something. Or maybe that was me. 
I can't remember anymore. But either way, we got our 10 levels, Cinder, which is the exact amount I needed to unlock the Pudge Persona. Oh. I, I just left nice. it up to fate. You know, I left it up to fate mm -hmm. for that one, uh, which, you know, it's a little bit better if than fate I wants me to have a squeaky toy running around in the game, then I will have it. Are you going to use it, though? I used it today for the first time, and I'm unsure if I want to continue. It's, it's not that bad. It's pretty good. It's, I'm not the using issue, it. The issue, again, I tried is it one that, game. Yeah, I'm guessing you're the same way where you just have so many cool pudge items already that you can't equip now, yeah. right? So, yeah. It is kind of sad. On top of that, one of the immortals, one of the uh, ultra rares was a pudge this time, right? So they're yeah. kind of like competing internally. Yeah, that's true. And the ultra rare is really nice. So, Yep. I, I, I'm i looking forward to items actually coming out that work on any personas. Like right now, they're just bare mm -hmm. bones, which is weird. But yeah. Um, yeah. So in addition to the 40 million being reached and the 10 levels. We got our okay. This is going to turn into a big rant. I'm, I'm debating how ham I want to go on this. Uh, I'm just going to tell read the what community they that they're fucking stupid, Shannon. Do it. I Say did it already. Now. I actually tweeted Say it. it. Say I, it again. I literally this, tweeted. This I can't believe. Is sponsored by ExpressVPN. The community is fucking stupid. <laughs> it's true though. Like it's not <laughs> in. Uh, I should it's find true, my tweet. Though. I literally tweeted, like, I did right not now. realize. Yes, that is true. The community is <laughs> I did not realize that the community was this, in fact, this stupid. But today marks the end of the International 10 Battle Pass season. Thank you to everyone who participated. And while this year didn't end with the team hosting, hoisting, excuse me, the Aegis, all of us at Valve hope that you and your families remain healthy. And we look forward to gathering everyone together for TI 10. With the close of the season, we are pleased to announce the result of the 2020 Arcana vote. This year, the community cast millions of votes of two of the purplest heroes in Dota 2 in a Dota 2 pool, Faceless Void and Spectre, with a split of 27.4 million votes to 24.9 million. This year's Arcana winner is Spectre. <laughs> they didn't write that part. That's my addition. The team. How do you spell that? How would you write that? <laughs> the team will set out to design an Arcana befitting Mercurial, the Spectre, channeling her dark energy into forms heretofore unimagined how will she haunt her quarry in what manner can her refraction erode her enemies when talking <coughs> when taking aim with her spectral dagger what deadly color will she glow yes purple obviously but what shade of purple see that i feel like was a bit of shade towards the community cinder we'll investigate in a moment sit tight lavender lovers plum puffs <laughs> plum buffs what is a plum buff I have no idea. Plum puffs makes more sense. And violet voters. With time, all, or maybe some of these questions will be answered. Cinderin. Yeah. Spectre fucking sucks for cosmetics. Why? Why didn't you read the this? last two lines? Because we're going to talk about that as the next topic. Okay. Obviously. Okay. Well, okay. Speak to me about Spectre. Do you think it was shade that they threw when they wrote that one line? Oh. I think it is. Throwing shade at the community for the not following color guidelines anymore, or no, not that about what they Just expect them to even do. That they're throwing shade. Okay, let me let me put this in perspective. We've talked about this before, and mm -hmm. I don't even know if any of these people even work at Valve anymore. But remember when they used to have the voice voting for TI, mm -hmm. changing yeah. voice lines? Spectre won one year, right? I believe yeah. it probably was TI four because that's when the last time I even visited the Valve offices. 
And I talked to a Valve employee and they're like, we have no idea what the community wants. Like, we have no idea why they voted for this. We don't know what we <laughs> even need to change for it. Like, it, there's only so much you can do with Spectre. And I think the mm -hmm. same thing applies to an Arcana because it's not a persona. This is the thing that I need to make clear. If it's a persona, you can change anything, pretty much. You can right. put her on a fucking horse, for God's sake. And yeah, that would be awesome. That yeah. is not going to happen with an Arcana. You're, what are you going to change? Haunt? Who gives a shit? It's just illusions. Horrible choice. Horrible. Okay, so the alternative was Faceless Void, and I think we both agreed that Void would have been a better choice and it could do cooler stuff. Now, who do you think I voted for? Of those two? Mm -hmm. I hope you picked Void. It's a trick question. I give so little of a shit about both that I forgot. <laughs> Wow. I actually just didn't vote. Cinder, you're and actually then I the realized worst. and I was like, wow, I really feel nothing. <laughs> you so there's the... every vote matters. And for you, you had sixty to give as well. It could have been I a would difference. not have swung the pendulum. But if enough people forgot and all of them wanted to vote for void, we yes. might be responsible here. I agree. That's this is a good uh how it works. This is a good metaphor for real elections. That's where the only thing that like, man, my, my vote doesn't matter. I'm not going to go vote. I'm just one in 200 million. Right. But, well, if there's 20 million people that think like that, then all of a sudden. That's yeah. right. All of a sudden, things change for sure. I'm just, I'm just puzzled. I'll be honest. Like, how does this hero get so far every year? What is it that people are hoping for or love so much about Spectre? I understand that people want carries to have them yeah. uh, more than supports for the most part. Ogre somehow was an anomaly last year, but so let me specter. I have an idea why. Okay. Number one, you're right. It's first of all, the carry aspect, right? More people, I haven't looked at the numbers, but I would not be surprised. More people play specter than void because specter is easier than mm -hmm. void. You just get items, you farm. And if they hit you, they take damage as opposed to void where there's a lot of pressure of actually having a good chrono, not fucking up your team. I'm sure Fails of the Week has something to do with a lot of PTSD from people playing Void. So that aspect, I understand. The other one, which I totally do not understand, although, okay, let me rephrase. I know what it is, but I don't understand why they would have this logic at all, is, and I saw a lot of comments about it, how Void has a lot of immortals and Spectre does not. And my answer to that, there's a fucking reason because the immortals for Spectre would be garbage because the spells aren't going to look cool. Like, come on, man. Like, use some common sense. Jesus. What if dispersion dropped, like, when it reflects, then instead of these, like, black particles, it just reflects, like, cocoa puffs or something? I'm sure you First would love all, that. That would be more of a persona level effect. And yes, I would love that. And Valve, if you're listening, if you want to change the sound. Ghost. Every time somebody hits Spectre and Dispersion goes off, you have the sound <laughs> in the background. <laughs> then I will be all in for this Arcana. But I know it's not going to happen because Arcanas are not that cool. They're okay. I'm being corrected by chat, by the way. Rubik did win as well, right? So that was another yeah, support that won. I mean, technically, Core can be played, but... So Mostly. Rubik was more of Rubik, an anomaly. I just, I just, it just makes way more sense why people yes. would want Rubik to win, right? It's like... Okay, you can do so much stuff. It's a hero that technically has all spells, so there's a lot of fun in imagining how Valve are going to handle that with an Arcana. So to me, that one is way more obvious than, say, Spectre. So if we take away the fact that we have like the premier heroes like Rubik and Pudge that most people would want to get an Arcana, they're done. 
Spectre would still be pretty far down my list of heroes that I would want to win this. Like, probably bottom quarter of all heroes in the game. I agree. So I'm just surprised that it won the whole thing. So, like, from my perspective, Arcanas can be really cool, but it's all about what hero they are and how much you can improve upon them. And I don't think you can do that with Spectre, right? I mean, technically, Ogre isn't a persona and they added a mount. So if they add a mount to Spectre, then okay. Then I will eat my words and I'll say, this was a good vote. That's fine. But can you imagine Spectre just looking like Abaddon? I can't. Dude, you just reminded me of Heroes of the Storm where there's, who is it? Is it Arthas riding around on a unicorn? Yeah, well, everybody could ride a unicorn. Or Diablo on a unicorn. Yeah. I can't take it. I mean, I would love that. That's so bad. (laughs) Dude, imagine that in Dota, Spectre riding on a unicorn. I mean, LC next year. Then I would throw up. LC next year will be a persona and we'll get the horse finally. That's fine. I'm down with that. Legion Commander can definitely ride on a horse. I think that would be cool. Valve, if you're listening again, I know you guys watch this religiously. You love Sindarin very much. Just pretend it's him saying this. When you come out with the LC persona with the horse, the horse has to be fat. I will not be okay with a skinny fucking horse. It has to be thick. Okay? It doesn't need to be obese. It needs to be thick. It could be muscular as well. There could be a combination. If it's a skinny fucking horse, I'm going to be super disappointed. Just saying right now. Okay. So that's my rant on the Arcana. But the last part of the post, as you were alluding to, Cinderin, they writ, they wrote, they writ. Also, next week, yeah. we're releasing some new updates to Dota Plus. Along yeah. them, Among them will be updates to guilds, a new Dota Plus season, and a new MMR reset mechanism. Mechanism. What is what this? does this mean, Cinderin? Does this mean we do a different calibration or that they change the system? Like a mechanism almost sounds like you individually get to choose how and when to use it. I'll let you delve That's into that. That's probably not one. what happens, but it's just the wording is a bit weird on that, in my opinion. Updates to guilds and new Dota Plus season. So do you think guilds will just be a part of Dota Plus? Yes. Okay. I think so too. And I think For that's sure. a good move. It brings a lot more value to Dota Plus. Yep. And then instead of giving battle pass points, you probably get shards for doing guild quests. And yeah. I think that's great. I definitely think they should do that. Which means they will uh, be putting in more sets, right? For Dota Plus as well. Obviously. Probably when it says updates. But what else could they do, right? We've talked about this. The community is like, we need more content, Dota Plus. Dota Plus sucks. I've unsubscribed, blah, blah, blah. Well, what do you want? Like, what can this thing have in it except more sets and should have access to, like, a custom game mode that you only have with Dota Plus? No, I don't think so. Should it have... Well, it doesn't need to be... More candy uh, than it does? I don't know. Well, look at it this way. What is the reason people are complaining? Is it because they don't think that the features that are currently in are good enough in, in concept? Or is it because they just haven't updated those things in forever? I think it's the latter. I think if they just keep right. up, if it's a regular but set release. But none of them are broken, right? That's my point. Like, why do you want to update something if it's functioning the way that's intended? Like, Wait, how are do you talking update about stack? What are you talking no, no, about? The, like, let's say stack timers or um, <clears throat> the trends page where you can look at win rates of heroes and all this stuff. Yeah. If it's working properly <clears throat> and it has the functionality that you want it to have, you can't update it, right? Oh, well, 
okay, can't is the wrong word, but do you, is there any point in updating systems that are working correctly? Well, is no, it, some of those, like when you I say you want updates, is it just more sets? Yes. yes. You definitely need more sets and you need to update the relics, right? Or whatever they're called. Yeah. You need the ones okay, that, sure. Because the ones that track stuff that doesn't exist in the game, I think that's just lazy. You know, like that should be fixed and should well, the way have that been I, fixed. The way that I look at it is Dota Plus is kind of, it's kind of like its own economy, right? And right now mm -hmm. you're getting a bunch of shards and you can't spend them. Oh, I mean, you can. You don't want to spend them on anything because there's nothing cool because nothing's new. So new sets, you can put announcer packs that are only Dota Plus. You can put new terrains that are only Dota Plus. Like there's so many things that are in the workshop that Valve doesn't have to do anything with that they can put in and okay. just add it on to Dota so Plus and just have add, a rotation. You want to add stuff, not update current stuff. Is what yes, and I think something okay. to make it a little bit more interesting yeah, I agree with that. is not just that. like bringing in content and just having it sit there. Maybe making it more like... Uh, I don't want to bring up Riot Games. A little bit more like Valorant, for example, which this is the part I don't like about their, their shop, but in Dota Plus it makes a little bit more sense where you come out with a bunch of stuff that's only available for a certain time and then it goes on to the next season and then it's new stuff that replaces it instead of just having this stuff always there. So that way you have to make a decision whether you want to spend your shards or not. I think that adds more value to the idea of having Dota Plus instead of just right. you just have a collection of garbage just sitting there for literally years now, right? So just have a rotation of some kind. I think that right. freshens it up. But it shouldn't just be sets. Terrain, I think it's great. Um, announcers, announcers, streaks, stuff like that. Yeah, anything. Kill streaks. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm done with that. Yeah, so so basically we agree that the update should be in adding stuff on top, but that the current stuff that's in the game is basically functional. There's nothing that's broken except a couple of the relics that are tracking stuff that doesn't exist or is impossible. Yeah. Uh, it's not People like are bringing it's broken. Up, uh, they're huh? bringing up weather effects as well. Oh, yeah. I, I yeah, think the problem... Like, what other weather effects can you put in? I think <laughs> I was actually looking at that like a year ago. I'm like, what, what else can they do? Like... Blizzard. The, the make shit up. Like you can make the snow. Yeah. Make it more pronounced. I don't know. I feel like they've come up with pretty much everything at this stage. But raining lava. Is that a thing? They have like ash. It's close enough. <laughs> raining lava. Classic weather. <laughs> okay. Moving on. A uh, couple different news topics about tournaments, which is really cool. Uh, mm -hmm. Valve will be he helping a couple South American tournaments with prize pools of $45,000. They're going to be occurring. Um, when was the actual date? I forgot to write that one down. Um, well, I guess I actually have no idea what the date is. But two South American tournaments will be in part sponsored, if you will. By I mean, I don't know if you want to call it sponsored, but Valve will be Funded. pitching in. Partially, we, I don't think it even specifies how much they're giving, but uh, either way, really, really good to see. And then we'll kind of couple this in with the <clears throat> the Summit, Dota Summit 13 being announced, yep. which is also partially funded by Valve. They're going to be doing an EU CIS division, SEA division, and an NASA division, a total prize pool of quarter million dollars. And this is between October 21st and November 8th. Has it been... <clears throat> Damn, my throat is being annoying has it been announced which um what the split is of prize money it hasn't right i don't i i know what it is but i don't know if it's been announced okay so i don't Fair know enough, if i should say anything 
I don't know. That's I'm not one hundred percent sure, but I mean, it's not rocket science that EUCIS probably gets the biggest one, right? But then between NASA and SEA, it's um, I don't know. Not sure what you would value more in that event. No comments, Sandra. Thanks for joining I'm us. Just, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just saying for EUCIS that you know the trend lately has been that the EU prize pools are just way bigger. Yeah, and I'm imagining that will continue, but I don't. I don't like the gravity that it's been bigger by. Like we've had these tournaments where EU has had a prize pool of a quarter million and then NA has played for like 30k or 40k or something. And I get that the region is way less competitive, but you're not exactly fostering more competitive investment for people if there's very few tournaments and they're playing for very little compared to investing a bit more into it. Or let's say instead of having one tournament with 40k, then you have two tournaments with 40k each or something like that like if you don't want to make it just one event and one team or two or three teams whatever take the cake there uh it'd be nice to to see a little bit more coming into that region i think i think yeah. na needs it right now oh yeah all the Desperately. orgs have backed out basically because there's not much going on so kind of need to pull na up again Yes, NA needs a lot of help, no doubt yep. about it. Uh, so yeah, we're going to look forward to the, those tournaments. Now, my question to you, since this is kind of this, we can just piggyback off of that news. So Valve is supporting these tournaments. Mm-hmm. What do you think, and this is pure conjecture, I have no clue what any requirements, if any, what do you think the requirements should be? Are they just literally giving money? Or is there, I'm not I don't know if the right word is a catch. Is there something that needs to be done um, to earn that? I think I don't know. So if you I think they need to promote Steam VR. <laughs> um, oh, that needs a lot of help. I stopped using that months ago. Holy shit. What a waste of money. Yeah. Hmm. They need to promote Steam VR and the index. That's a tough and sell, Valve will, Yeah. Then Valve will. So what you're saying is the Midas mode I, I don't Roshan know. I think, VR. Gonna get into the if game. I'm Valve in this position, I think the main thing that you're looking out for is authenticity, basically. Like if you are putting money into because you've had these really bad experiences in the past, right? With was it GESC Thailand or whatever, where well, not just both GESC tournaments. Yeah, there's been two two events, or maybe even three or four by now in total. Uh I think Valve were only part of one or two of them, two probably. Um that just ended up being scams, right? Like, the, Or at least the money didn't get paid out. It mid, might not have been intended to be a scam, but in the end, it became one. Uh, whatever the intentions were doesn't really matter in that sense. Uh, it's the outcome. Uh, yeah. I think Valve will try very much to protect themselves against that. So working with either reputable organizations or people that they've worked with in the past where it worked, right? So for example, for this is BTS. And BTS seems like a pretty safe bet when it comes to authenticity for tournaments, right? Like, they're not going to pull some shit. Um, so I think that's what they're looking for. If they feel like it's a trustworthy tournament and maybe the organizer pitches to Valve and they're like, this is the prize pool. This is how we want to run the tournament. These are the teams we want to try to get. Mm. And then Valve is like, yes, no. That's my guess. That's how it works. So it's when a government bails out companies, is this like the bailout for Dota almost? Like no strings attached, you I just can, get some money and can, it helps promote the game a little bit more. I can kind of see it, but it, yeah, I don't know if the perspective is comparable. I guess when the government bails out companies, it's also because the, of the perspective that 
it will bring back in turn over time to the country again. So it's kind of like an investment, if you will. Yeah, I kind of, if that's the way you think about it, then that's pretty accurate, I think. I think that's I how Valve should it's... be thinking about it. Breathe some life into the game. I agree. Uh, competitively, and it will bring a return long term. That's yep. how it should work. So. Uh, next thing is also tournament related. This one came out of nowhere. I don't even know what to yeah. think. So. The Saudi Federation for Electronic and Intellectual Sports will be running a $500,000 tournament. I believe it's, what is it, 2 million reals, uh, which is equivalent to $500,000, between the months of October 9th and December 31st. This is out of no... I don't, so I have obviously have some history with Saudi Arabia, you know, having mm -hmm. grown up there and whatnot. So I always have like this, I don't know if affinity is the right word, but I root on people that are of Middle Eastern descent when they're playing Dota because it's such a small minority, right? Right. So like Nigma is basically collect a collective of a bunch of Middle Eastern people. I don't know anybody, like anybody that plays from Saudi Arabia. I don't know if Saudi Arabia even recognized Dota 2. Strange. So, so this but tournament, cool. just to be clear, is for Saudi Arabian players only. Yeah. It's not for... The Middle East in general, and just called the Saudi Arabian League. Like it doesn't. And it doesn't be... say in the article that we've read what the limitations are for entry. And, but, but it does. I believe the five hundred thousand dollars professional is... teams of Saudi Arabia region region. Yeah. What's the Saudi Arabia region? Isn't it Saudi Arabia or the so, Middle Eastern region? Maybe it's just bad writing. I don't know. It, so it could mean a multiple. I think if it's Middle Eastern, they would have said Middle Eastern. But if it's Saudi Arabian, right. it it could it could mean like some of the countries like around like you know like Yemen or like Dubai, mm -hmm. for example, is probably the most popular esport area right. in that region. Um, okay. But the, I believe the five hundred thousand dollars is split between Dota and two other games that they haven't announced yet. But either way, yeah. that's a shit ton of money. Uh, FIFA, I think, is one of them actually. Uh, yeah. But True. really, out of nowhere. And very interesting. I'm going to keep my eye on this one for sure. So It says eight it best is. professional teams of Saudi Arabia region will be competing in the first tournament of the event. So I'm guessing that's Dota. And those eight teams of Saudi Arabia, who are they? What are the eight best teams in Saudi Arabia and Dota? If you need five know... Saudi Arabian players, there's not... Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not a top tier tournament by any means, but is it even tier three? No. there's In no terms way. of like player quality. I know... I'm trying to think about there's some pub players that might be Saudi Arabian that are actually high immortal, but I'm not sure if they are. Um, yeah, I, I don't think so, though. It really doesn't sound familiar. So, well, yeah, you'd know better than me. But I've never heard of even one team being Saudi Arabian before. So uh, question is, if these professional teams of Saudi Arabia are allowed to take players from the other regions, that's what I'm looking at here, because I know quite a few players from the Middle East that are very high MMR. So if it wasn't Saudi only, you could see some familiar faces in this tournament, like, for example, Aframoush or Mage, uh, or of course, some of the players from Nigma if they got into this. Uh, yeah. But considering Nigma haven't announced anything about it, we, we're going to assume they're not playing it, either because they didn't choose to or because they weren't allowed to. I want to say the country that's produced the most uh, players that I've consistently heard of is Jordan. Would you agree with that from the Middle East? <laughs> uh, the most which, players you've heard about. Yeah, which doesn't mean China. anything. But, no, 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 of the Middle East. 
Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Like Jordan sure. is a hot spot for every, and that's not that far from yeah. Saudi Arabia. So, uh, yeah. So who have you who have you heard of from Jordan? <laughs> I mean, I can't. Miracle is one. Yeah. Uh, oh, who's the other guy? It might Yapsor? just be two people, honestly. Yeah, Yapsor, and maybe Miracle there's a third Yapsor. actually. Um, but even three would be more than any other Middle Eastern region, because <laughs> what is uh, GH is. Lebanon, it, I think it's yeah Lebanese, and then yeah. Weha is a mix between Syrian and Romanian. I consider him Syrian, but I know he doesn't. because oh. uh, I actually didn't know that. Romanian. I thought he was just flat out. I mean, the first Romanian. time I talked with him, I knew he was Middle Eastern right away, oh, uh, okay. just based on his accent. Um, but yeah, but yeah, it's really cool to have players in that region, and we'll see what the future holds. This is out of nowhere, yeah. so I don't even know how to react, honestly. No, it's been so little promoted. The fact that this article came out after the tournament began is kind of interesting. I don't know. That's true. I forgot it was even October right now. Jesus. Yeah, the term is yeah. already ongoing in some capacity, but we just don't know the structure yeah. or anything okay. about it. But good stuff still. Next thing More on the it. list is potential roster shuffles, whatever you want to call it, for the CIS region, most specifically for VP. I believe that this is a new team, not related to VP, but it will be taking some players from VP as there are screenshots, which this is what I don't understand. How are there screenshots of a conversation between ROTK and what's this guy's name? Roman, the old CEO for VP. There's private combos about. The old, was he CEO? It, the well, screenshots say that he, he was, was the CEO. Okay, okay. So. There's a conversation with him and ROTK talking about him coming to coach this CIS team, which is, we'll talk about that in a moment. But right now, the roster supposedly is Ramsey's position one, Sumail position two, no one off lane, and Solo being the position five. And we're not sure who the four is yet, although there's rumors that it's Yamich, uh, which means that Rezo would, I mean, this isn't VP anymore, but again, VP just had to rebuild mm -hmm. completely. What are your thoughts on this potential lineup with ROTK as, again, potentially a coach? I think a lot of people, so supposedly, so first of all, the reason this has been become public is that apparently it was leaked on ROTK's stream or something. I think he showed screen hmm. and the conversations were on there. I don't know if it was intended or not. It doesn't say anything about that. It's just screenshots, right? About whether he was showing it off to his fans or something. Hopefully he wasn't doing it on purpose. That would be pretty shitty in my opinion. Um, the position four, Yamich, which I think a lot of people haven't really heard about, uh, I think he has been or is rank one on the European leaderboard playing almost exclusively position four, um, I believe. So very talented player. And he has played in some other CIS teams. Uh, so I think it's kind of something that Solo has done with his teams, right? Is trying to take up and coming players. It's what he did with someone like no one in back then. It's what he did with Ramsey's. Uh, you know, at this point, they're obviously established names, but they were given the chance at some point. So I think he's a very interesting player, and I think he could definitely fit. But the core of this team, who knows, dude? Like, this <laughs> I mean, is such star studded, a, right? No doubt about that. I mean, it's just a, it's such a throwback to when Samail went offlane. Like, you take no one and put him offlane, it could be great. It could fall flat. Um, he has been playing a lot of offlane lately in pubs, so that part of it makes me believe this is definitely true, at least that he will play in that role. Uh, whether this will be the final team, question mark. Ramses has been playing a lot of carry lately instead of offlane, 
So those two things definitely line up with what I'm seeing in terms of roles. But outside of that, no idea, man. Uh, no idea. And Samael as a fit in this team, who knows? Like, it, it's so... I think a lot of people will be like, this is never going to work, right? Or like, these people are... It's too many personalities that are going to clash. It'll never work. And then sometimes it just does. And sometimes it just doesn't. Uh, they're definitely not lacking talent. Let's put it that way. They have There's really, a lot really of ego. This team would 100% need a life coach. I think that goes without saying. They need somebody. ROTK? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know that much about ROTK. Like, the last I checked, he, his English was not great. And but I'm how assuming. Is Russian? Probably worse. I mean, maybe I'm wrong about that. I mean, Sumail certainly doesn't speak Russian, so this makes me think that they will be speaking English. Uh, but, you know, ROTK brings a shit ton of experience, so you never know how that's going to work. I like the idea of just, you know, giving it a shot because there's plenty mm -hmm. of money in the CIS region, so why not, you know, throw some money around to see what what clicks? And I think the thing that we kind of brushed over, this we assume will be a completely new organization, so that could if it is successful, rival the VPs. I mean, obviously VP is enormous as a brand, but yeah. they're going to be going up against them and Navi, who have not been successful in Dota recently. And by recently, I mean pretty much since TI3. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 very interesting to say the least. Uh, it, yeah. It's one of those things. It's, it looks clickbaity, but it's. I would watch it, their games. You know, There's a good chance of it being real, at least based on the roles. Um and I think some people will probably have concerns about this team with communication. Like, are they good enough at English? My experience with these players is that they speak good enough English to be playing in an English-speaking team. All three of them, Ramsey's no one and Solo, can definitely communicate in English uh, on a level that's required to play Pro Dota. So if they weren't, they wouldn't be getting some mail, right? If that is happening. <laughs> right. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh but well, it's a change I mean, of pace for sure. Like, who knows? Even if you can communicate in the language, it might make it slower or less efficient, or you're going to feel less comfortable in the games compared to what you usually do in your pro games. Because uh, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, no one in solo have never played in non-CIS teams in their entire careers. Yeah. I think they've always spoken Russian in Pro Dota. So, so I don't want to harp on the new. language barrier because you... I actually disagree. I think the language barrier is way bigger than you're giving it credit for because we didn't really get to see Ramsey's play that much for EG because of COVID, mm -hmm. right? Kind of just broke apart. So we don't like not to say he can't speak English, but you have to understand in a team environment when you're playing intense games, having to think about what you're saying, like and translating in your head, which most people that are not super fluent in another language would have to do, is a detriment. And to have mm -hmm. your coach be the same thing and even not even the same language that they're translating from than anybody else on the team would be a struggle, I would think, as well. Here's the five-head play. You get ROTK as coach, and then you get a translator for the coach. So you're going to have a translator for the, the coach. You're going to have a life coach for all the egos. I mean, what could go wrong, you know? I like it. Is this? Do you think that there's any way this is not going to be in the CIS region? Could they go uh, somewhere? Like that if you could possible. go anywhere, where would you That's want possible. to go with this team? Let's say you have your choice of the pick. Would you go to South America? Like, honestly, what, what region no. would you choose? Where would you go? I mean, especially under current conditions, you want to play in Europe. That's where the money is. Okay. If, if you're a serious top contender that well, thinks, I mean, these players play to win, right? They don't play for third place or for 
winning in worse regions. They want to play against the best. They should mm. play in Europe for sure. But I they don't have to play out of Russia necessarily. Like the org could be a Western European one, for example, or they could have none. Who knows? But so the way that the conversations read, they specifically talked about how they weren't going to be really playing together for a few months at least. Mm -hmm. uh, with ROTK saying he wasn't interested in doing anything for the next two, three months. So by that time, like in terms of prize pool and tournaments, we could be having a different conversation. But in terms of competition, I don't. I agree that it's not going to change anytime soon. Europe is there by is far the strongest. Realistically, no way that any region apart from China gets as strong as Europe in the next three months. I just don't see it. They There's could not go enough. To China, right? They could technically, yeah. There's not enough top tier teams or potential right now in the other regions that they would catch up to Europe in three months. Uh, SEA has somewhat like wild cards. They have like a couple of teams that could rival a bit. South America doesn't. And NA has like maybe one that could rival the best in Europe. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. I would be honestly, I would be really, really surprised if they didn't play Europe. But if they don't, then China is the place to go. I'm pretty sure about that. Yep, agreed. Okay, next thing on the list, and the last thing for Dota-related subjects, Path of Guardians, Pog 2.0, Cinder, has been released. Yep. My blood, sweat, tears, and semen were, be were put into this mod. Sponsored uh, maybe... by ExpressVPN. <laughs> we'll get to that soon. Uh, but we came out with 2.0, uh, just to give you guys a rundown of exactly what that means. Essentially, if you guys missed it, Pog uh, got off to a really good start, and then the battle pass kind of... I don't want to say killed it, but killed it pretty much. But it's kind of expected. Mm -hmm. Now that the battle pass is gone. We're trying to ramp things up again. But we've come out with a new mode called 4v4 Chaos. Uh, it you has just love a chaos, don't you? Yeah, I I was thinking of names. Like it just makes it's it's too good of an homage to ignore, right? Uh, turbo mode couriers are enabled for that mode. The fountain fully heals in that mode. The four guardians are placed to each corner of the map, and they're fully visible. And they're kind of attached to each respective base to prevent, you know, snowbally nature. It's a completely new map. Uh, like I said, there's a barrier in the middle, so it kind of splits the lane into two lanes temporarily, which is cool. Uh, the pick stage is completely different. Instead of the single draft type pick stage, it's more random draft, so you get a bigger collection of heroes to choose from. And then the biggest change is there's custom heroes, which I want to talk about with you. I made you watch the spotlights. For mm -hmm. these heroes, we got Mifune and Thunderbore. I want to discuss them with you, Cinderin, to okay. get your thoughts. I want your actual thoughts, okay? Yeah. Okay. Why do you think I don't I give want you my actual thoughts your in general? Actual or? thoughts, because I have okay. not consulted you on almost anything relating to this mod. That is true. That was a bad decision to not but consult me, but we will get to that. We will get to that. I will say, as we continue to put new heroes in the game, Cinderin, the next, the very next hero is the one that you, me, and Slacks will voice. Okay, oh. that will happen. 100%. Okay. It's, an it's my favorite hero by far. Can't wait. But the first hero, it, again, I'm not going to go over all the skills, but Mifune is an agility hero who kind of builds like a tanky slash DPS kind of guy. Um, you can watch the Spotlight video on the YouTube channel, Dota Cinema. What do you think of this hero, Cinder? The, the ult is by far the most unique Right. It was the most interesting so, part about him. So for the sake of, well, everybody listening or watching, if you haven't TLDR. seen the spotlight, uh, let me see if I remember. So he has he has a spell where he dashes in a direction, and then it has like a circular impact. 
So if right. he dashes through people and they hit in the circle impact, they take damage twice. Mm -hmm. And then it blinds, I think, in the circle it blinds, right? Right. And then his second spell is a passive that counterattacks every time he dodges an attack. He just does a regular attack like if he were to just hit on the target. So it procs orb effects, like lifesteal, it can crit, all of the stuff. Like It's literally like you hit somebody, but it's just yep. as a counterattack. If you evade. It, yeah. yeah, if you dodge. And it is infinite range, so you can counterattack. Even though you're a melee hero, you can counterattack a sniper with ballista. Yes. Um, because that makes sense in your head when you make heroes. Well, at that and, point, Sniper would have an MKB, so I would say it's actually yeah, trash. And you right? can activate uh, you can activate it for increased evasion on a cooldown. The third skill is a very low cooldown ability that kind of works like Echo Saber, where you activate it and then it deals bonus damage and does a mini slow, 100% for 0.6 seconds. Um, very good. Very good. Sinai. And finally, his ulti. All of this is off memory, by the way. I hope you're proud That's, of me. I am very proud. I'm shocked, um, actually. Finally, his ultimate is really complex. So to make it simple, he spawns four swords of different color on the ground, and they have health like plague wards or no, like cogs is probably better. They take X hits to break. And each of the four swords has different abilities. And every time a sword is destroyed, the other ones are empowered and it like scales up. So if there's one sword left, that sword is way, way, way stronger than if all four are up. And the four swords have, one has damage, one has a mini stun, one has a slow, and one has... You, you're almost there. The red one. You got this. Shit, what does it do? Oh, you got this. Wasn't the red one the one that just deals... No, the green one deals damage. What does so I'll give you a do? clue. The green one deals physical damage. Yeah. What does the red one does do? Does the red one deal magical damage? No. <laughs> <laughs> physical. Oh, uh, what damage. was it the red one did? I don't remember. Minus armor. Minus... Oh, yeah, minus armor. That's true. Um, okay, so those are his skills, and when he has Aghanim, he can choose to sacrifice one of his swords. Homage so he Lich. can destroy okay. one, and then all of the other swords get extra health. So right. he transmits three health to the other swords. The swords have two health by default, right? Or was yeah. it three? Two. They have two. So each sword can only get hit twice before it breaks, and when he uses Sacrifice, which is Aghanims, the other swords among each other get plus three health in total. So if there's three swords left when he breaks one, they each I get one health. I cannot believe that you remember this. I'm literally one shocked. one sword left, if there's one sword left, so he sacrifices the one of the two remaining, this last sword has five health instead of two. Correct. Um, Very okay. good. So Sorry. here is why you should have consulted me. <laughs> Please give it to me. This ulti is fucking broken. You think so, huh? There is no way. Okay, so it's lineup dependent, right? It's like saying Supernova is fucking broken when the enemy team has four techies without attack speed, right? Right. Um, I think specific heroes are good at solving this, but a lot of heroes, the ulti sounds pretty bonkers, I'll, I'll be honest. It's, the fact that it's you, definitely the strongest aspect of him, I will say. The fact that you get to choose how, like, what you want in the moment, this is something that's really powerful in Dota that I don't know how much... We haven't really talked about this in the podcast, I think, but having spells that are multifaceted for a higher skill is always going to be really powerful, right? When you give the player the choice of what he wants in the moment, mm. you have spells that are like linear, let's say, like Lina stun. It's a stun on the ground that deals damage. Then you have spells like Oracle's first spell, which can be used offensively as a purge and a root or defensively as a purge. 
and his second spell, which is a disarm, but also magic immunity. Like spells like those are really powerful because it gives the player agency over what they want in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. This ulti, you're basically saying, I have a team fight spell that can be whatever we need, and I choose what I want when I have an X, right? right? It's like I put down all this shit, and the enemy team has to deal with it. And oh, this is the kind of fight where our lineup is really good with physical damage. So I'm going to make this red sword strong, or um, they're super mobility dependent. So I will just make it a slow instead, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like you don't have full agency, obviously, because you can't sacrifice three swords. Um, but you get to empower the three most important ones at any moment. Mm-hmm. And what I didn't mention, by the way, they start with 400 radius and then they grow by 100 per second up to 950. I think it was. Damn, so, you have good memory. Holy shit, that's incredible. So it's like. 950 AoE is gargantuan. So you kind of have yes. to either get out of these swords or break them. Those are your two options. Right. It's a hard counter to the hero centaur. You just stampede and run away. Something. Or like just BKB. <laughs> True. I didn't really Medusa, think too much about BKB. None Medusa of Medusa and Snapfire are the hardest counters, though, by far. Medusa split shot just destroys. It everything. works? Yeah, it works. Oh, I thought they were wards. So... Again, okay. so keep, keep All right, this in mind. That's really different. That changes my perspective quite a lot. I thought they were wards, like cogs, so you can't split shot and shit. No, you can split shot. Okay. Then it's not as broken. So, but it's probably still pretty broken. So yeah. the idea behind any of these custom heroes is we want them to be strong, specifically in this mode. Otherwise, there's no point in putting them in, right? Right. Yeah. yeah and this, this ult particularly was so weird when we thought of, thought of it. Like this is, I think, maybe the one of the most unique things that if, if this was put into Dota, it would be one of the most unique mechanics in the entire game, in my opinion. For sure. Very interesting. I like the idea. I, like lo- the whole, I love the concept. I love the concept of the spells and what the hero does. The I whole really idea fun. of you, like exactly what you said, having agency over what, like changing it for each time based on how the fight is going is the reason that I like it so much. Having yeah. said that, the numbers obviously could be tweaked. Right now, what p- win percentage with, it's not the hugest sample size, 200 mm-hmm. games played about, what win percentage do you think Mifune has right now? 45. Correct. Very good, Cinderin. Why? Wait, was that s- actually on the number? It's like 44 point something that rounds up to <laughs> 45. Very good. Yeah. Uh, usually when a new hero comes out that has options like that, people don't play it too well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could also just be completely wrong, right? Because I haven't tried it, so I don't know. Like, It's just my gut feel after hearing about it that it sounds crazy. But there's plenty of stuff like that where it sounds crazy and then it isn't. And there's plenty of stuff where you're like, yeah, is that really that good? And then the hero's just broken in Dota. So right. you never really know. But I think the concept is super fun. Um, and I really like his animations. I like Hoff the, made those. Like, yeah, Hoff is a god. 46% like win rate. I really Sorry. like the dash. I think it looks super cool. Thank you, Cinder. Okay, um, second hero, Cinderin, which yeah. I had a conversation with Brax literally i feel like three years ago about this hero because mm-hmm. we were just thinking of concepts and he's like you were what both hero having from, a good drink right we were thinking what hero from han would you like to port over if you could to dota and he's like i would love to see zephyr amazing hero i'm like okay let's think of a concept that doesn't just take blindly all the skills let's like again all these heroes that we're going to be bringing in that are inspired from han there might be a couple skills that are almost exactly the same but the idea is we want them to feel the same but to still have some unique aspect to them mm-hmm. uh, that isn't just copy pasting so tell me about thunderbore cinderin okay this one i remember way less vividly which is interesting because it was the second one i watched um of the two 
Okay. So but he lost he has, interest by that point. Got it. So yeah, basically. I was like, okay, I've had the, these four swords, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Um no. So he has he has a dash or like a jump where he arrives at a location. He ch or charge, I think is better to say. He charges to a location and then he pulls enemies in a cone toward him and mini stuns right. them yeah. or interrupts channeling. Mm -hmm. Then he has a passive which spawns a little buddy called a thunder pup, which is like a little tornado. That's right. um, every time he gets a last hit and it lasts for 30 seconds and it deals damage over time to nearby enemies and at any point in time he can eat all of his thunder pups for health right. and uh, when it expires it also heals him so whenever you've made a thunder pup whether it expires over time or by activation it will heal you and this, the more you have active the more damage you do so it just scales linearly uh, with numbers that's right then what was his third non-ulti I remember his, ulti his first ability is called Thunder Stomp, if that helps you remember. Oh, yeah. He stomps the ground and then he makes three waves of rippling outward going lightning bolts. Mm -hmm. And each wave deals damage and slows, and you can get hit by all three. But the right. damage isn't that high. It's like 135 or something. Um, 125, I think. Yeah. Close enough. Yeah. Very so good. you can get hit by all those three. And then finally, his ultimate is a storm, which think legion or sorry think mars arena but instead of it having walls it's just a big thunderstorm that slows more the closer you are to the center and it slows 80 percent in the center and 10 percent in the periphery and then you can imagine you put it and when people try to run away you can pull them back in with your uh charge spell so you and when you cast your ult you instantly gain max thunder you instantly gain max thunder pups yes and if you have thunder pups already, they get overwritten, which means you get healed. Man, you are. You had I can. I literally cannot believe that you watched the video once and you remember all of that. That is crazy. I'm not even kidding. I'm not memeing. I would not have remembered that much, not even remotely close. Is that because I have dementia, or are you actually? Do you, is your memory that good? Your attention to detail that good? Your voice is really good. Oh, so thank I you. paid a lot of attention when I listened to you narrate it. Wow. Yeah, it was okay. a good. It was a good video. So. What do you think about this, about Thunderbore, about Zephyr reworked? And then we'll guess the win rate. So so we're going to, like, we need to, we look at it in the vacuum for Pog, right? Not as a yes. concept for Dota. Okay. So for Pog, I think the hero is pretty good. Um, the, the game tends to have very clustered fights, like everybody's in a small area. So a, an extremely strong slow like that is powerful. Sounds like a god awful hero against BKB though. Um, but level twenty five talent, your Q becomes if you want it pierces pierce. BKB, which yeah, actually is giant. It, it's yeah, something. Still, um, it's something. Yeah, I don't know. I think he probably has a higher win rate than the other hero because I think it's easier to understand how to execute, mm -hmm. and I think his spells are more straightforward in a sense. Uh, I think both heroes have the inherent weakness of being very countered by one item. So Mifuna is super countered by True Strike, mm -hmm. and the Thunderbore is super countered by Magic Immunity or Resistance. Right. Um, I would guess his win rate is probably somewhere like 53 or something. So Mifune's was 46. Thunderbore is 44. Oh, it's lower. lower. Wow. Which surprise again, this is still only yeah. less than 200 games. Mm -hmm. I think Thunderbore is stronger than Mifune. Based on like all our playtesting, Thunderbore was consistently very strong. And Mifune is like right. a big hit or a miss. Um, okay. 
based on how people play around his ult. But um, so that one is surprising to me. Oh, what was it? His ags did. Oh yeah, yeah, his ags. True. It. Oh yeah, his ags makes his charge instead of being cone, it becomes circular, so it becomes a vacuum when you charge. Yeah, which it's more of a luxury. With three hundred radius or something. I mean, it's definitely. Don't know good, how powerful that is. It's uh, like a seventh sure. item, I think, pretty much. I feel like quick. part of the hero's problem, if the win rate is low, is probably damage. I don't know if it deals enough damage. Having that ulti with the slow, um, what is his damage? He has three times 125 if he hits all three lightning strikes. And then he has the charge, which deals like 200 or something. Well, So the way that the Q the works, pups, right? it has individual rings. So yeah. In the like, let's just assume the first ring. You can actually get hit by two of those technically if you're on the periphery. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So you can right. get hit by two, two, two technically if you're. So on you the can periphery. get hit by six if it's like in theory, insane. but it's very. Okay. It's like a, doesn't happen. Yeah, there's like individual shadow raises almost. Right. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, mm, those fun. are the two fun new concept heroes. though. Once again, I like the concept. I like the design. Uh, I like the voice acting. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. the lore and the so lore <laughs> zeus fucked a boar and then he left it because it was a boar and now uh, okay, the son here, has grown up and is angry at zeus here's that's the thing it. before we move on guys <laughs> I, I need to give some background about this okay so mifune was again like the lore everything basically the whole thing was created by hoff who's a an artist in the work in the dota 2 community he's done a lot of stuff for us in the past for like midas mode and stuff like that um, he created like I could literally open it right now. There's a document of the lore and background. It's like super in depth. He made the voice lines that we got a professional actor, which which is one of his friends, to do the voice acting. It's like this long ass document of his lore. And I looked at it. I'm like, this is too intimidating to try for Thunderbore. Let's just have Zeus have sex with the boar, and that's the son is Thunderbore. That's it. And he hates Zeus. That's it. That's it's good enough for me. I can't compete with Hoff. You know, so that's how it came to be. You definitely didn't try, at least. I did not try. That's true. Okay, uh, so with that, we have to give thanks, of course, to our amazing sponsor, ExpressVPN, because this episode is sponsored by them, as they have done a couple episodes in the past as well. ExpressVPN lets you access the internet as if you're in another country. That's the way that VPNs work. So if you're in China, for example, or just another country where literally anything is blocked it could be just a show that's only available in certain areas uh, getting a vpn for that reason makes a lot of sense to people like i bring this up every time but when i was in china three different times everything is blocked so express vpn allows me to use twitter and just use basic google function like if it's that hardcore you can still get around it which is awesome uh and i know a lot of people within the esports scene uh use express vpn Atlanta. A lot of people have also started using, or not start, have been using, or have started using lately, I guess, uh, VPNs as a way of protecting your online privacy. True. So obviously that's a, a big part of it too. Like the appeal, I think the appeal for most people probably is bypassing uh, country limitations, like you said, but also just for privacy reasons, if you have any interest in hiding your IP or hiding your location, uh, using a VPN is a great way to do that. Um, so yeah, that's another functionality that you definitely want to consider with a VPN. Yep. So if you guys are interested in trying, uh, ExpressVPN for free, go to our special link at expressvpn.com slash we say things where you can get an extra three months for free. So thank you again, ExpressVPN. 
without the likes of you and our in Bruges here and all our patrons, we wouldn't be able to do this every single week. We've been very consistent. And I'm yep. out of anybody, I'm more proud and shocked at you showing up to talk with me, Cinder. Thank you so why, much. Why am I the unreliable? Because you're a piece of garbage. Anyway, uh, next thing on the list. Sponsored by ExpressVPN. Uh, so Valorant news, Cinderin. The yep. the you say yep as if you've even played it with me yet, which I've still been begging you. Um, you have not asked me for two weeks. I have the game. Well, we're not awake. At, I'll play right now. Let's egg, let's turn off the podcast and play right now. It'll happen. <laughs> it's a walk, my dog. Uh, so the new season is about. I don't think it's a new. Let me refresh my memory here. So. There are episodes and there are acts, okay? One episode okay. lasts for six months. An act is two months. So there's three acts within an episode. Okay, that's their terminology or whatever. So each act, aka every two months, there's supposed to be a new hero, agent, added to the game. Every six months, so every season, there's a new map. The problem is people have been complaining that there's only four maps, which is really awkward when you get to like these best of five grand finals, you don't have a fifth map, right? So they have to give, this is another complaint I've had about some of their tournaments is they give uh, like upper bracket advantage, like the game advantage, which I hate. I hate, hate, hate that so much. But they have to because mm -hmm. there's only four maps. So they've rushed it. There's a new map called Icebox coming out tomorrow, aka today actually, uh, for, the, for Act 3, which I won't won't really talk about since I don't know that much about it. I've only seen a couple videos. But there's a new hero, which has been delayed a couple weeks now because of the map, named Sky. So I want to talk about the abilities, Cinderin, and I want your feedback of what you think, okay? Dude, okay, can I just say before you start <laughs> that... I like how you're so just browsing funny. the internet, not even listening to my amazing news on Valorant. No, it's so funny to me how when there's hero designs coming out in Valorant, or Agent, whatever the fuck they're called. Yeah. You, you ask me my opinion. I've never played the game. It doesn't. <laughs> That's what no makes it good. Idea. I have no idea what's broken, what a good concept is. All I know is you have guns and spells, and they're like, "Is this hero good?" And I don't fucking know. That's I what mean, makes it, it entertaining. Nice. Okay, that's what makes it. It entertaining. looks nice. So uh, let me explain this to you. Okay, know, dude. Yeah, it sounds the broken. The TLDR. Guy. It has a she, horse. No, she does not have a horse. She's. She's Australian. First of all, I have to give kudos to Valve. The voice acting in Valorant is some of the worst I've ever heard. <laughs> it's so bad. Like, there's there, the last hero named Killjoy. I think she's supposed to be German, and there is no fucking way that she sounds German. It's like Swedish or something. It's horrible. And the this Australian accent Dota, is Comparing by far the best. to Dota and voice acting is really hard, though. It's it true. has maybe the best voice acting I've ever heard in a game. It is so fucking good. I like, agree. There's not a single hero in that game that has bad voice acting, except Kid Invoker. Man, you really hate that fucking kid. I need to I find his Twitter and just tag you. you <laughs> no. say that. No. It's just, like we've talked about before with Kid Invoker, just to clarify, it's not bad. It's just not as good as the rest. And that makes it stand out to me because the rest is so incredible. And I think the Kid Invoker voice acting is all right. You know. Okay. So. All right. So anyway, Sky uh, is a new agent in, under the, I believe it's the initiator class i don't know what they call it those classes mean almost nothing unless it's a duelist or a sentinel but anyway so her first ability cinderin you can buy one of them okay it's a heal which i'm not i'm not a big lover of healing other people in fps games still 
I'm games okay in with, general. I'm okay with <laughs> I'm okay with healing yourself, but healing other people. I'm just a selfish person inherently. I don't like the idea of that in an FPS game. But her heal is a very large AoE. You activate it, and you have a certain amount that you can use, and you can stop using it for a time being and then use more. But it heals everybody in this large radius except for yourself. So it's actually the opposite of what I would have wanted. What do you think of that ability? <laughs> what do you think of healing teammates in a very in large shooters? area? Yes, and shooters. I don't know. Okay, Sounds next good, skill. Dude. Next skill is, I forget the name, it's a trailblazer. I don't know if it's a wolf. I forget what animal it is. But essentially, you become this wolf temporarily, Cinderin, and you run to the direction that you want. You have very limited vision. And so essentially, you're getting some information with you know going around corners or whatever. And then if you activate it again, the wolf jumps. And if it hits somebody, it dazes them, which means if they're scoped, they get unscoped. And their rate of fire decreases, and their vision kind of decreases. A they get slowed well. by fifty percent, and they get dismounted. Right? Is that actually what happens? Dismounted? No, that's oh. what happens when you get dazed in WoW. Oh, okay. Well, same concept. Sorry, I thought we were talking about games the other person didn't care about. So I yeah, just that's true. I, I I regret putting this in the podcast. I'm sorry. The third ability is a an owl. Wait, isn't it? It's a hawk. Actually, you control this hawk. And you can kind of control the movements for a short period of time. And you activate it again, and it flashes. So another flash agent is in the flash. game. Flash and is you, where you teleport a short distance, right? Oh, my God. And you get three of the flashes. But the crazy thing, Cinderin, is when you flash, you get a sound cue if somebody got flashed by it. That is fucking mind-blowing. That's crazy information that you get from that. So you know if you flash somebody, which is insane. What what counts as flashing somebody? Any blind or I a believe full it, hit? That that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. I have not played the hero yet, so we'll see. I actually you know what I should just mention? I should just mention I might actually like this game. I just haven't played it. So I like I th- it, it's, it's probably like, really enjoy it. I just don't what know. What FPS games do you like or have you ever liked? Uh um, didn't we play Counter Strike back in the day a little bit? CS CSGO one point mm-hmm. six. Uh, okay. I've played, I think I played some Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2, many years ago. And you love I, I League of how, Legends, so what's the problem? I don't know how good I thought those games were, but I was playing with friends, and that obviously helps make games yeah. better. I don't know. The best shooters I've played are definitely Counter-Strike, right? So, yeah. And you said it's kind of similar to Counter-Strike, but then with Magic. So, I mean, That's I might love extremes. it. Who knows? I think, you, I think you would like it. It's not like going to take over Dota for you or anything. Anyway, the ultimate, you get three flashes, by the way, which, again, questionable at best. The ultimate, you activate it, and then these three beasts of some kind end up going, like, they cannot be stopped other than shooting them, meaning they can go over walls and stuff like that. They basically go and find the nearest enemy. And I can't remember if they do damage. No, I think if they hit them, they get blinded, kind of, like a nearsighted blind. So the ultimate is kind of like really good for vision and whatnot. When you said nearsighted, I thought when they get blinded, like they can't. You got to put like glasses on. It's like out my contacts. <laughs> I mean, it's not dissimilar. Things are only sharp close to you and then far away. They're I mean, that's actually how it works. Up. If somebody's close to you while you're nearsighted blinded, you still see them. So. Uh, yeah, but everything else is blinded, right? It's not like, it's, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
it's not blurry. It's, it's, it's not blurry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That was like a cool concept for a spell, okay. though. What is? That sounds to, like fun to make to, everything unfocused. Everybody wears strong glasses in the enemy teams. So they can't see anything except at a specific distance. I feel like they're gonna run out of ideas, so that that could end up being something. Honest. Anyway, the hero is not probably not something I would love to play, but it's an interesting concept at the very least. I think her ult is really cool. I don't like the fact that they have two agents in the game that have three flashes each. I I don't know why they're doing that, but we'll see. We'll see how she yeah. is. And Cinder will I, uh, not see because he refuses to play with me. That is actually not the case. You're lying once again. That's the third time this podcast. Sponsored by ExpressVPN. So next thing speaking on the of list. Lying, speaking oh of lying, mm -hmm. you can now get a Razor Visa card. <laughs> you can lie to yourself about that being cool. Okay, go on. <laughs> that is the next topic. Uh, Razor has made a Visa card for gamers that has an LED, a green LED. What? 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 Why? What? Brand identity. If people like Razer and they like it, then they can get a card with it on. I, I think, guess. So this is something I think that gaming peripherals maybe haven't, or the gaming companies maybe haven't tried enough compared to other companies, is instead of just being the product, being more of a lifestyle, right? I'm not saying that Razer should just branch out and make everything from shavers to shirts to computer parts toasters to whatever. But, toaster yeah, exactly. um but this idea that i th i think brands could pull more value and more revenue in from trying to become like i, I don't know what i can compare this to that would be a really good comparison but i'm sure you know what i mean when i say that right like that yeah you branch out selling, of course yeah you're no but you're selling the idea that you're a razor gamer not that you're a gamer that uses razor gear you know what i mean hmm. i'm not i'm not sure i'm explaining it well no i, think I you get no i i understand the concept obviously, and I, a lot of the a lot of these companies will do like merch right they will do merch they will do shirts but for example i think some organizations in gaming have done a way better job than others in activating their merch so, for example, making clothing that feels like everyday wear instead of just a sports jersey, right? Mm -hmm. So, for example, one that just pops to mind for me is 100 Thieves, who have put clothing a lot line. of effort, I think, into making, uh, into making clothing that is something you would just wear when you go out, go somewhere, uh, mm -hmm. everyday life. Whereas, you know, a lot of other clothing that, at least historically, we've had in esports look like sports jerseys that you would wear when you go to watch the game of your favorite football team or something like that. Um, I think Liquid has stepped it up a bit as well, just to give some examples um, about that. So my point is, okay, that was a bit of a sidetrack. My point yes. is, I think that's what Razor are trying here, is to make something that's more, you know, okay. everyday use. I'm a Razor player, and I use Razor stuff. So I don't know if I like it. I get okay. Here's the thing. I understand the idea of branching out and all that stuff. And I don't like from a razor's perspective. There's no reason not to do this. Like, isn't this just yeah, a I net benefit? Much to lose. Like, the, I don't see what the, the downside is from a consumer. I I find it very weird for if I were to have a razor credit card. It's just I don't know what it is. It's just weird. But yeah. having said that, but that's fine. I, then it's just not for you, right? And it's right. not for me no, either. Fine. I don't want one either. But I can totally appreciate the effort and the idea. I think it's creative, and that's 
I brought up toaster, Cinderin. Did you know they're actually making a razor toaster? I think that's cool. Are they? I think it started. <laughs> I thought it was a joke. It started as a joke. I can't remember when, when they're actually doing it, but they're apparently actually doing it now after the joke. So I think that's really cool. Um, especially considering like, our toaster sucks. At, I could use a new toaster. So, so I, I guess, okay, I guess what we should add, by the way, sorry about the toaster stuff, but I think we need to do the card maybe a little bit more justice because it's not just Razor making a card, right? It's not just there's a card with the Razor logo on and that's it. Um, they're making a payment app too called Razor Pay. Mm. So they're trying to get into the payment market, basically. Uh, and they're working together with Visa on this card. And it says here that it's kind of, it's similar to Apple having, like taking a cue from it, that it combines digital payments with their own app. Yeah, basically. so it, it's compared so to Apple to Pay and Google yeah. Pay, right? Yeah, I think I, so. I, think I feel like that is an insurmountable... Of course. I, I, I could be wrong. But I mean, they're definitely like not so going to beat them. But if they can get a market segment or whatever, and it's it's a return investment thing, right? Like, are they investing a lot into this? Uh, is it good branding? I would imagine they don't need to pull millions of people onto their card for it to be profitable. Then I yeah. think it's probably a weird business move. But. All right, Cinder, and I, we're going to still do these two topics that you see. I'm going to end with this one, though, because it's on a happy note. So let's talk about the not-so-happy okay. note. Uh, Amazon pulls the plug on its first AAA game, Crucible. I believe we talked about Crucible briefly. I forget what actual genre it was. It was like a, it's a, it was a free to play shooter. shooter. Was it a shooter MOBA or some shooter something? It was I like think a so. shooter. something like that. Yeah. So it had they got feedback. It went to close beta. They had a couple different beta, but they're actually just abandoning it, which you don't see that very often. And the team is moving on to their other game, which has a lot more promise, apparently, called New World, which is an MMO, which is more up your alley. I don't know if you've seen anything yeah. of that. I feel like, so this is what happens, right, with stuff like this, is it's similar to Fortnite and PUBG, where there's a new fad, which is Battle Royale, and then everybody wants to make a Battle Royale, but there isn't space for 10 of those games to be successful at the same time. So for your game to be successful, it really needs to stand out and have something special. And I guess what Amazon realized with this game was we're trying to do something. I remember we talked about what this game had and we were like, this is basically the same as X, Y other games with the exception of this little thing. And I guess that little thing wasn't enough pull or didn't advertise it aggressively enough or they had other complications, whatever it is. Um, in in my opinion, I mean, it's easy for me to say because I'm not a part of it, right? But when I look at game studios right now, I feel like people copy a lot with what's like trending. You try to get in on what has just become hot instead of making the new hot thing, right? Mm. It's, it's hard to keep innovating because, you know, there's only so many things you can imagine for video games. But these like 10 battle royales that came out half a year to a year after the other ones became popular, like... Is that really a good business move for all of them to try that at the same time? I mean, if, if one strikes gold, then maybe I mean, just have the confidence that you're the best, right? You but. you made the you started this conversation with Fortnite being the forefront when really the first explosion was PUBG, and then they couldn't handle the traffic that they got, and Fortnite took advantage of that and made something that was astronomically bigger in every single way, right? Right, but still the, the, the same games, concept. 
I could be wrong here about the timeline. I feel like Fortnite wasn't very much later, right? It, it must have year. been in a full year after PUBG. I'd have to look. It was close. Okay. It wasn't I mean, like... I stand, I stand corrected then. That's actually a pretty long time. I may, I may have just made that up, but that, that's my... I don't, know, I don't know. I don't know how many of the games came out. I just know the market was flooded with those no, games, I, I right? agree. There's, there's just shit it's ton kind of, of like the same when games. League of Legends yeah. became big, then there were like four or five other MOBAs that tried, and did any of them really make it? I don't know. What was that? Oh, there was a MOBA that came Strife out so something. bad. Oh, what was it? It was like big gods walking. Uh, no, not I'm not talking Smite? about. No, I'm not talking about. Never mind. It's not Smite. Anyway, there was Strife. I remember that by name or something, but oh, I can't yeah, remember the anyway. name of the name. Anyway, it's just curious to me. It's not really that surprising, but yeah, I, I would imagine this is the probably part of the reason they're pulling out that the market is just oversaturated and they want to make something else. Um, yeah. Well, this is what I'll say. So I don't remember the specifics behind this game, but I remember that they did take, it wasn't like a copycat. It wasn't like anything that you were <laughs> just saying, but it was more, you're taking concepts from a bunch of games and putting them, putting them together, which a lot of times feels very messy and not fun to play. But the idea of trying something new, I can appreciate. Like I, I, I'm not going to huh? sit here and say they did a shitty job or anything like that. Like the fact that Amazon, like a lot of people are not rooting for the companies that are just huge, but Amazon hasn't done anything with games really. It's, it only helps us as consumers if they do well. So I'm hoping that they end up coming up with something that is at least semi-successful. But the reason I brought this up is because not only all that stuff I just said, but also the fact that they abandoned it relatively quickly. Like it hadn't even been fully released at any point. You don't see that very often. Like a playable version that a bunch of people have played publicly is abandoned. Just so suddenly right. it seems. So maybe there's more information that we're not privy to or whatever. But Probably, yeah. But either way, a lot of those devs will go to the New World game, which is something that we'll yep. talk about when that comes out. So, All right. And then in happy news, Cinder, and the final thing of the day before we get to the Patreon mailbag question, Super Nintendo World will be opening its doors in Japan next spring. What the fuck? How is this the first time I've heard of it? I'm not a big Nintendo person, okay? Nikki's obsessed with Switch, but I did grow up with Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and they have this photo which I thought was literally in game, but apparently it's a real photo in the real life of what like the store would look like. It literally just looks like you're in a Nintendo game. This sounds awesome. There's going to be a Mario. So October 16th, which is in three days of this recording, they will come out with Mario Cafe and Store, which is kind of like a preview of what's to come. And then who knows what the entire super nintendo world will look like but that sounds fucking cool holy so, shit i mean i don't know do you know any like was there anything released about what is it a theme park or is it like like is it supposed to have rides or is it like an exploration thing you know what i mean yeah i is have it... based on the article that i read there was not any detailed information other than okay. spring of 2021 is when the entire Super Mario or Super Nintendo World will come out, whatever that means. But just the idea of having rides, I think it needs to have rides. Like you can't call something Super Nintendo World and not have rides, I don't think. It'll have something. I mean, it could have a lot of like, let's say, I mean, I don't know if you would qualify, if that qualifies as a ride. When I say ride, I mean like, um, 
roller coasters and stuff, right? But yeah. technically, you could have something like this where you walk around and explore, and then there's like games, not necessarily video games, but like, would you call that a ride? Because in a theme park, you call it a ride if you go to the haunted house, right? Even yeah, though you're not you're, riding anything, you call that a ride. Technically, if you're in line for something and it's not food, <laughs> it's basically then it's a ride, right? For but the most part, is the haunted house really a ride? That's what I mean. Like this kind of thing could have like haunted houses or right. mirror rooms, all this kind of stuff, without having roller coasters. But how do you I have mean, a haunted house for Super Mario <laughs> or for? I keep saying Super Mario for Super. Oh, there's booze. You can definitely make something <laughs> if you wanted to. But yeah, I mean, Bowser just beats cool. the it, shit it out of you at like, the end. It sounds just like a lot of fun. Um, we should try to follow up on that if there's video footage of it at some point next year. Cinderin, I, I know Nikki it's wants fun. to go to Japan more than anything else. When this becomes a thing, I would love to go with with you guys. We can go as two couples, you and Susie, me and Nikki, to Super Nintendo World. I'm not even Damn. kidding. And yeah. then we go to In Bruges, and then you watch In Bruges, the back-to-back -back vacation. Okay. Oh my goodness! How From does Japan that sound? to Bruges. You truly are traveling the world. <laughs> Let's do it's just for content, Cinderin. That's it. Okay. Anyway, that is the news for this week. Uh that Super Nintendo World sounds really cool, but we'll see if it ends up actually being so. So we're gonna do one mailbag question today since we're a little over time. Uh this question is from Ronald Lauerero. Wow. Lorero. Lorero. Lauerero. Hey guys. Here's a mailback question for you. How big of an impact does a language barrier have when you play Dota? Have you ever oh, had any you couldn't pronounce his name? <laughs> have you ever had any problem with that? Competitive and pubs. PS, I am Brazilian but live in Canada, so I already had my good share of problems concerning language. So I'm sure you have way more than me to say, so I'll just give my spiel. For me, it hasn't really been that big of a concern uh, for Dota. Uh, occasionally if you get it from my like I'm playing on West or East. Occasionally, I'll get mm -hmm. like South Americans and they'll be in a group and they'll just do their own thing. I personally don't remember any consistent issues I've ever had. I've heard that EU is a real shit show, but I'll let you enlighten us because so I, I haven't had that big of an issue. I think the best, the best answer I have to this is from my experience of playing in uh, competitive teams. I played with Kazar. I think most people won't really recognize him by name. Uh, and Naive, who I think more people will recognize. He's currently playing for Khan, I think. Um, and they're, they're, or I think mainly Naive. I think Naive is the probably the better example of somebody whose, his English wasn't the best. He was really willing to learn. He was a great teammate, but his English wasn't so good. And it meant when we were talking about like more strategic stuff, like watching replays or going over plays and what we should do and how we should think about the game, uh, he would get lost a lot on the way like he would not understand parts of what we were talking about or lose focus or, you know, struggle to really be a part of the conversation. And that is obviously really, really bad, right? Like it's a shame because I think the guy, by the way, separate story, I think he really wants to improve in English uh, and he wanted to, you know, get better. Uh, so you have the right mentality, but you can't just magically improve overnight. Uh, that definitely puts a hamper on team improvement if people can't communicate well. Uh, it was part of the concern you had with this potential team with Ramsey solo and no one. Uh, I think their English is better than Naive's was, uh, based on my own experience. 
so that's the pro side of it. In pub games, if people don't speak the same language or don't speak it well, it's kind of the same thing, right? It's just the stakes are way lower. You're just playing for MMR, right? But it can be frustrating if people are making calls and other people don't listen or don't understand or don't participate because of language issues. Like, I have games where I play, there's a lot of very high MMR players in Europe that are Russian. A lot are Russian and Ukrainian. Just CIS is big in the, in the, top, in the top board. So I have plenty of games where three or four of my teammates are Russian and are speaking Russian basically the whole game. Um, and I speak English and either it gets ignored or they maybe take it to heart, but don't really respond much back. Sometimes they do. Uh, then you go by pings, but I can totally relate to that experience of being the one person who doesn't really get it. Cause like, it's easy to lose focus. Like there's people talking all the time, but you don't know what they're saying. So then you're kind of just playing and you lose track of what's going on. So definitely, yes, it is a barrier and it's big. Uh, that was just the, that was just the Dota side of it, right? Then there's the whole social aspect on top of it. Where, you know, how do you work in a team if people don't talk together very well or very much? That's also something. So, yep. Yeah. I think that, that was my perspective. For, that goes for pretty much any game that requires yeah. teamwork. Uh, I believe Auto Chess does not have that problem uh, because, well, you don't have teammates. So, no problem. Well, you might have coaches. I don't know if that game has coaches, Cinderin, but if it does, then auto you have Why are you issues. mentioning auto chess? I don't know. It's the first. I was just thinking of a solo game, and for some reason, that's the oh. first thing that's <laughs> that the first that came to mind. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, okay. So that'll put a wrap on episode 74. Thanks for watching, guys. Thanks for listening. Cinderin, have you seen in Bruges? No. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. We say things that don't mean anything. But thanks for listening. Yeah.